Hello and welcome to Pods People. I'm your host, Danny Strickland. Each episode I interview someone who I may or may not know and who you are very unlikely to know. I hope to be able to find out what makes people tick and maybe we might just find we all have more in common than we ever thought. What is certain is that we all have some extraordinary tales to tell. So come on in and let's introduce today's guest. So a big welcome to Keith Ketchley. Uh, hi, Keith. This is um, this is a little strange for me as, um, well, I, I was a person that interviewed you for your current job. So that is a little bit, uh, that is a little bit strange. And we speak pretty much every day on the phone. Um, I'm sure that, um, I, well, I'm hoping that you're not going to use this vehicle to tell the world what a, what a twat I am, because um, probably most people know that already. But um, a <laughs> bit of an introduction all, about you, Keith. Um, you're, 37, you, <laughs> you're 37 years old. You are um, single, although you are seeing somebody at the moment. Um, you don't have any children. Um, you live just outside Stockton with Harry the Cat. Um, you've got a sister who's eight years older than you. And for a living, you are an associate director of building physics, which sounds incredibly grand. And we will touch upon that later. So welcome, Keith. Um, So, Keith, uh, I wanted to start off um, sort of at the start, really, your your early life. Do you want to just give us a bit of a uh, fill us in on sort of um, your, your early life, parents, what they did for a living, your childhood and so on and how school was? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, I was um, I was I was brought up in a little town called Billingham, um, which was a thriving town from the fifties, which wasn't so much in in the later years and not so much now. But I, I always think it's a, it's a great place to grow up. Um, my mum and dad were both teachers, and uh, and life was good. I mean, I, I had a very happy childhood. It was it was always very relaxed, and uh, I, I certainly never felt pressured by my by my parents to to succeed. At, at school or uh, at sports, which is kind of quite surprising, really. My dad, my dad was a fantastic footballer, mm. and he really should have made it professionally. Uh, but he never, he oh, never, right. he never pressed that on me to to kind of like to go on to succeed at sport or to be on the sidelines, like being over overly enthusiastic. And and with my mum, my mum was very understanding. I mean, um, I, I'm dyslexic, and 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 that that made me struggle. I think a little bit at school. Um, but mum never put that pressure on. She was always very supportive and always, I think, keen for me not to, not to suffer the way she had been been a child uh, in in school with some of the some of the stuff she had to put up with. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I left school um, at sixteen. I did a year at college um, where I did um, like a, an electrical B tech, um, and I just had the feeling le- from leaving school that I didn't want to go to university. I didn't want to do the the academic route, I was quite keen to go into something more hands-on. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why I felt that. I think I'd just, I'd, sit, I'd watch my sister, who is a lot more academic than me, um, go to university and, and and fail a little bit. Well, initially fail. <laughs> she did go back and, and do well in the end. But um, I, I think that it, it just put me off a little bit. And I, I didn't see myself doing that. Um, right. And I, I wanted to get out there and I wanted to work. And um, I, I got an apprenticeship at, at, at 17 um, yep. with uh, with NG Bailey, where, where I worked for a long time. And and, and that meant I'd, I had to 
kind of grew up quite quickly, really, being on building sites. I think I was quite a sheltered lad going on site initially for, with two uh, two parents who were teachers. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the lads, I think, quickly showed me the way, really. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't mind admitting that I, I, I hated it the first two years. Yeah. I really hated it, and uh, it it kind of took to move to it to the right site, really, um, where I met some some good guys who were ready to teach me, and 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 I felt like I started to belong then, and and after that, it just kind of went from strength to strength. Um, so you were you were working on site as a as a trainee electrician, Keith? Is that what you were doing? Yeah, that's the correct. Yeah, yeah. four year apprenticeship, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then. Once, once I came out of that, I, uh, I kind of had the urge to, to, to not really be on building sites anymore. I felt, kind of felt like I'd, I'd done that. Um, and it was then more of an urge to go on to, to the engineering side. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I'd been quite fortunate to, to do quite well in my, in my studies. And, and the company were, were very good at promoting from within. Um, and I managed to yeah. make it all the way through to, to do my degree. So I was sponsored through my degree. Um, yeah. and, and that just meant that, um, it's, it's just opened a lot of doors for me and a lot of opportunity. And, and your dyslexia, Keith, I mean, um, being an electrician and electrical engineer is a lot more numbers based. I mean, there still is, there still is reports to write and there still are essays and, and things, but was that less of a, was that less of a, um, a, a drawback than it had been at school? Do you think? Uh, I think so. Um, I think I just... I just kind of found found a level that I was I was comfortable at, and it and it meant that I didn't have to do a lot of the the English that had that had hampered me mm. over over the years. Um, maths and, and and engineering, it just kind of made a lot more sense to me. Quite inspiring to sort of know Keith that you know somebody that's that's got those those issues at school has gone on and, and got a first class honors degree, especially a part time one. Well, it's it was it was a lot of late nights and. Uh, yeah, uh, and and good support from people as well. I think. Um, yeah. So so from that you um, you you sort of progressed through the ranks off the off the tools into the office and uh, eventually into your current job, which which as we sort of said earlier on is in is in building physics. Uh, now, do, do you want to tell people, Keith, what what that means? What building physics means? There'll be a lot of people that don't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a question I do get asked a lot. Um, <laughs> and so the way I always like to describe it is, it, it's it's the study of buildings in terms of um, the energy and the carbon that they're likely to consume and emit. Um, it's also the study of um, the, the comfort, uh, how we expect a building to behave. Um, we might be looking at the lighting levels in a building. We might be looking at the amount of heat that's in a building. It all comes together with with in in the building physics field. It's become something that um, I took an opportunity to, to, to get involved with um, and I haven't really looked back on it. I mean, obviously, as I, as I intimated in the introduction, I, I kind of work, work closely with you, Keith, and I can, you know, you, you, you're excellent at what you do. And, uh, and it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting job. It, it's that there's a lot of talk at the moment about buildings moving towards sort of zero carbon and, and people like Keith, uh, you're, you're going to be at the forefront of that because you're sort of, you're working out strategies for buildings as to, as to how we, how we manage to achieve that, that, that road to, to zero carbon, which is a really exciting field to be in, I think at the moment, Keith. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's one yeah. of the drivers. It's absolutely one of the drivers. So, so you said in your uh, you said in your questions that that you don't hate your job. 
Now, I think you probably understated that, Keith. You must love working, especially working closely with me. Um, but <laughs> um, but it, it can be, I mean, getting that, um, uh, all joking aside, getting a, getting a work-life balance right is, is very difficult, isn't it, Keith? And that's, um, I, I know that that's something that you sort of want to touch upon as well, I think. It's, it's a fundamental of how I approach my work-life, really. Um, yeah. I, I've always felt that you should go to work to live and you shouldn't live yeah. for work. Um, and when, when I say that I, I don't hate work, it, 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 it's, it's true. And that's, that's a big thing. Um, yeah. I, I don't wake up every morning h- hating it. And, yeah. and there was the first few years when I was on site and I, I did hate it. And I, yeah. I don't feel that that way anymore. And maybe that, let's say maybe that's a bit of age and, um, but I, I, I don't feel that about my job. And there's times and I, I really love it. And there's there's, yeah. there's there's certain points when you you get so much satisfaction from being involved with things that you, you just you, you see the you see the bigger picture. And then there's other times when when you take it taking abuse that you that you hate yeah. it and you you don't really want to you don't really want to be there anymore. Part of that work life balance is is mental health, and I know that that's that's something that you that you did want to talk about Keith and I, and I wonder you know what is it that you want to say about about mental health it's not it's not so much me it's just I've, I've watched especially over the last five ten years a lot of people that I, I care very much about suffer and um mm. and people have been surprised about and um it's just been very difficult to to hear the stories of 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 why they feel that or the way they feel and um what's caused it and not being able to get out of whatever it is that's that's causing them the mm. problem and it's really opened my eyes to the to the world um i i just i just wish that we could we could help people more really um mm. and i think it's very difficult to know what's going on in people's lives and i, I always i was trying take the time to talk to people really um we're just in a very funny world at the minute and i think social media has got a lot to answer for it gives you that hit when you're getting likes and comments and that's great um and you let's say you post things once you'll get that um but then you kind of want more and i i just sometimes when i do look on there i look at some of my friends who who do post i, I wonder and think well look are, are, are you happy is there something else that you're not kind of telling the world? Do you, do you know what I mean? And I, I think yeah, absolutely. that that worries me sometimes for my friends. And that's when I, I kind of feel like I, I want to check on them and make sure they're okay. From my point of view, I've been really encouraged over the last few years. And, and it really is only the last few years. But but guys that I've that I've worked with on site who've openly said to me, you know, I've I've had a bit of a you know, I've had some real mental health issues over uh, and over the last few years, and so on. And 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 actually, I think that um, there has been a lot of people talking about it. celebrities are willing to talk about it now. People are willing to talk about it, and that's why when you said you wanted to talk about mental health tonight, Keith, I was really keen to do that because I do think that you know, it, no matter who it is, but but people um, people hearing other people talk about the fact that they've had issues. I think just sometimes just hearing that that other people have struggled c- can help. But we seem to be going through a phase now where people are beginning to talk about it a little bit more. I still think we've got a long way to go, but I think that that things are changing and for for the positive. I think it is. It's so it's so much more common that common than I ever thought it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and you don't know what goes on with people's lives. And I think sometimes 
Um, this is why I say try and take time to understand people a bit better and understand what they're going mm. through. And, and when people are a little bit off, there might be a reason for that. And, and it's, yeah. it's certainly made me think a lot more um, over yeah. the past few years. Yeah, th- thanks for talking about that, Keith. That's um, that's that's good. It's it's certainly an important issue. Um, and I don't know if this is linked, Keith. One of the things that you wanted to talk about was um, being a man in the modern world, and and it and it totally intrigued me. That so over to you on this one, Keith. Well, it, it's something I think. Um, it's uh, obviously you'll touch on another subject, but I think that certainly in my late twenties, early thirties, I, I probably just started. I don't know, not question my masculinity. That's not necessarily fair, but certainly in a world of Instagram models and um, people who go to the gym and become ripped, I think it's very easy to to start doubting yourself. And I think it's um, we should be more than that. And we should. I I think I once read, once read something that said that we shouldn't aspire to be cool. We should, <laughs> okay. we should aspire to be warm, and and that, and I think that that's part of being a modern man, really. I don't know. My, my mates are great, and we all kind of rip on each other, and as as everybody does. But what's always what's been great over the past few years is we've all kind of checked up on each other and made sure everyone's all right. And these are the kind of things that I, I felt it is like to be a modern man, and and let's <laughs> say a modern a modern single man. At the time, what I was thinking is when I, when I when I started dating again how difficult it was and what a, what a weird world I'd entered into. It's just something that was so, <laughs> so alien to me. Um, and, yeah. it, and it really opened my eyes to what the world was like. I, I, I think I'd had quite a, again, almost, almost I said, sheltered, sheltered growing up and then almost sheltered through my twenties when, when I, when I was in a long relationship and then, and then marriage, it just kind of made me realize what the world can be like. And, for for good and bad, and that if if we were all a bit warmer to each other, then maybe we'll be in a happier place. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That Keith, when this question cropped up, I started thinking about um, it. Made me it made me ponder, and I thought, well, how how have things changed? Um, the traditional roles of, of sort of my father and so on, and, and what's expected of a modern man now are are very different. And you know, um, I think there's. There's a lot of positives there that, that that have changed, and as you say, I think warmth is certainly one. Being able to talk to people is another. Um, a lot more equality, treating people with a lot more respect, and so on. I think is is something that that's happened as well. Yeah, that's ex- exactly my point. I, I think that we are in a much more modern world, and I think people are very easily offended these days. But yeah, equality has changed, and it's a, as a as a as a group of lads, I think everyone is a lot more aware of the things they're saying. And and uh, well, I'd like to think so. I, maybe that's just my my group of friends. I'd like to think so. But um... no, I, I I think I think you're right, Keith. I mean, I'm I'm what what younger people these days will will accept. Yes, is totally different to what younger people would have accepted. Probably when I was a when I was a boy, and certainly when my dad was a boy, and 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 most of that change, if not all of that change, I think is 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 incredibly good. But but these things don't happen quickly. Nothing nothing changes very very quickly. But um, but I do think that things are going in in the right direction. But yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So um, 
moving on to um, maybe uh, another topic that you wanted to talk about, Keith, but it's maybe a little bit more difficult to talk about. Um, you, one of the questions that I asked you was, um, you know, what what is the worst thing that's um, that sort of ever happened to you? And and I think your answer was, um, you know, watching your ex go through five rounds of of IVF. If it's okay with you, Keith, I, I would like to talk about that because for, for various reasons, I don't know anything about what it's like to go through IVF, and also, I've never, I, I don't, I think it would be interesting to see that for, for, from your side and to sort of tell the story as well around that, Keith, if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, me and my ex-wife um, had been together for a number of years, and we got married and were planning on starting a family. Um, we we weren't having any any luck and um we went in to get tested um as you do there was uh, which which came back and we were told that there wasn't any issues we then we then started treatment um because what, what's it like keith because i don't know i don't know what a round of ivf involves can you can you tell us what that involves or yeah. what, what's involved sorry yeah so um yeah, obviously you have to have quite a lot of consultations with the hospital um, yeah. A lot of checks and tests. Um, obviously, being the being the man, it's quite quite simple tests. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so she had to start a bit a, a course of course of drugs, which ultimately um, stimulate the ovaries to produce eggs. Right. The eggs are then harvested, which in itself is is um, a, a treatment that involves not surgery as such, but involves going to surgery. Um, yeah. The eggs are then removed um, and 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 fertilised. Um, the you're given a phone call to say how many of the eggs are fertilised. I mean, we kind of not joked, but obviously in the in the situation, you kind of make jokes about what's going on, and we we, we used to play jokes about the odds, and 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 it is it is the hope that kills you because you're always kind of you're always playing mm-hmm. the odds. They then they then grade the the, the fertilized eggs um, and they they will reinsert the the good eggs and and depending on how many you've got and the, the potentially free freeze others. I think the first the first round we did um, there may have been maybe five to ten eggs that were harvested, mm-hmm. which is which is quite low to be honest. But I mean I have heard some horrible stories where people don't get any or one. Um, and again, the, the first round was, we, we were quite successful. We got some eggs, they fertilized quite well and, and everything seemed to be going very well. And, and I remember at the time, what, what was kind of, it was difficult having, Alex didn't want to, didn't want to say anything to anybody. He just wanted to keep it very private. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I almost kind of went through it with, alone with me and her family, but I even kept my own family out of it. Um, after after a number of weeks, two I think it was two weeks, she has to take a test, um, and that first test came back positive. So, obviously elated, um, she was pregnant, yep. um, fantastic. Um, only for um, a number of weeks later that she then miscarried and and, and lost it. Right, right. Um, so ultimately, we had to get over that and then and start again. How much later is this, Keith? Then after the after the first miscarriage, how what what sort of time scale is that? Maybe six months. I think I think there's a there's a minimum period before you start again. Yeah. But because we had yeah. some some of the eggs frozen from the first time, 
the second time yeah. would just be um, like a, a, a implantation, as it were. So you said we went through about five rounds, include, including some of that were frozen and, and put and put back. Um, but it just become became harder and harder, and it became harder to watch her go through it, basically. Um, and yeah. um, after, after the, the first one was devastating enough. I mean, when she when she lost it, um, she was she was really broken. And I remember just sitting on sitting on a bed crying with her. Um, and it, it was hard for us both. Um, no, it was, I was, I was just as, just as, uh, up for it as she was, I, I didn't really want to go through the treatment. Um, especially after the first time, because I saw how much, how much it hurt. Um, right. and it, it was hard for her, hard to watch her go through it again. Um, and, ev- and ev- right. every time it became harder to watch her go through it. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how she did it, honestly. Right. In terms of how I was feeling, I was just feeling very. I, I, it's hard to take, Dan, because at, at that time, obviously, all your friends are posting, are sending messages saying, "Oh, we're expecting, yeah. we're expecting," and and you yeah. just kind of feel like saying, "Great, it must, it must be our turn now." And what's I, I used to kind of get to every Christmas and just think, "Yeah, this year." And that 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 touches upon something that we talked about before that the social media case, doesn't it? It's yeah. that sort of. You know, it's sometimes sometimes it's sort of fake happiness that people are posting. You know, I'm, I'm having the best time of my life, but but other times they are genuinely posting things like that, and that that must be difficult to take. Yeah, yeah, that that was hard to take. And, and the 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 biggest the biggest thing that hurt, I or, or I used to really just kind of grip my teeth at, is when people used to tell you their stories of success. So yeah, oh, I know yeah, somebody yeah. they went through it and they 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 yeah. came pregnant first time or. They were gonna go yeah. through it, but then they fell pregnant anyway. And you're like, "Great, I'm I'm very pleased yeah, for them." But it's, yeah. And you become quite selfish when it comes to that. And well, sorry, not 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 selfish, a bit resentful actually. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. when you've kind of got to think of the bigger picture, I suppose. But um, for yeah. for me, the way I, I dealt with it, um, I I decided to try and get fit. Basically, um, I I started running. I started doing a lot of exercise. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't just bear sitting sitting around moping about it. I... Was that just to do something to occupy yourself, Keith? Or was a yeah? I mean, I, I was I, yeah. I was kind of quite keen. I mean, we'd we'd recently moved back from Leeds and we're living uh, living back in Teesside again, um, and mm-hmm. I, I'd lost contact with all my friends, um, so I, I was kind of keen to do something anyway. But um, I, I I found exercise um, for for a time. Um, we we both got into running and she became a lot happier with herself and um we had some really happy times together um where we both yeah. went after work went running and laughed and joked and just enjoyed it just enjoyed being together and then it just kind of stopped with ev- with every round it, it became something else and she became mm. somebody that she wasn't um she'd spend a lot of time going out um, that she'd never previously done, and we just had yeah. quite a, this sheltered life, and I was quite happy to kind of live, live out my days. Really, well, I kind of say that. What's What's funny about it is, I think I probably re- repressed some of my own feelings towards being a bit more outdoorsy and uh, yeah, uh, to 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 kind of to be to keep her happy, really. And because um, you must have been quite young, Keith, when when you got together. Yeah, so um, I was I was twenty, and she was eighteen. Yeah. 
And and so you, you said ultimately, Keith, it, it sort of caused the the breakup of the marriage. Um. So we we'd just been drifting apart. We weren't spending time together. And what's funny is we never argued really. And I think that kind of that told told a story in itself. We just didn't spend enough time yeah. together anymore. I mean, I was either. I'd met a lot of friends through doing exercise and I, I would I would go out with them and she would go out with people from work and like I say I would go out on a Saturday night or she'd go out Friday night, I'd go out Saturday night and then we'd never we'd never really see each other. But then when we did have a free weekend, I mean I remember one 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 weekend I was like, right, we're gonna spend some time together. Then she'd went out, got obliterated drunk and basically didn't want to get up and she just became the person that I didn't marry anymore, but ultimately she was the one to call it in the end. When 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 she did call it, um, on a on a on a really really random Friday afternoon, it it kind of took me by surprise, to be honest. Um, right. And I think that I was prepared to kind of fight a little bit more, where she wasn't. But on reflection, I think it was the right call. Um, mm. It has left left me with a lot of questions about what I want to do in terms of being a family man, yeah. and if I want yeah. my own family or whether I want to be single. The rest yeah, of I was my going life. to ask. I was going to ask you that, Keith. As as it changed your views on whether you want children or is that something that you're not sure about now? And um, yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I, I'm I'm not sure, Dan. Um, it, it's 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 yeah. it's a very strange situation um, to to kind of find yourself in. It's just a strange feeling of knowing what I want, really, and that's ultimately what what the whole breakup and the whole treatment has, has left me um, left me feeling. Is it, it's not not to be selfish, but to certainly look out for myself more and and to do the things that I want to do in life, and um, just to take the opportunities to enjoy myself. I don't know. It, it it's in the end. I mean, I, I've as a result looking down the line, maybe it's nearly nearly three years on. Um, I am a lot happier now, um, and I think yeah. it was it was bringing me down a little bit. And it's, I'm not I'm not a negative person. I think I'm a very positive person. Um, yeah. And I think that now I'm just a lot happier with 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 the way things are going in my own life. I'm a lot more in control. Yeah. No. 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 Agree. And uh, yeah. Th- thanks for opening up on that, Keith. That's not an easy thing to talk about at all. But um, um, we'll move upon on what what you had down as your best thing keith which was which was moving into your own house with with harry um <laughs> um which you you're obviously very very happy with and do you want to do you want to just i mean that that's obviously quite a difference in life and and i know for for myself as someone that lived on my own for 10 years it's uh, it, it can be a good thing living on your own and and you've obviously taken to it yeah yeah it's it's been great I, 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 it was just such a big thing getting my own place it was it was exactly where where I wanted to be. Um, I'm 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 close enough to my family where they can come very quickly. At the same time, I'm far enough away where I can I can keep them at bay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, I live in a little village and I, and I really love it. I just love 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 the life here. It's quiet and um, and I've just got things set up the way I want things to be. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm my own man. What what is funny about it after breaking up and after being with someone so long? Um, and you become single and you, you have your own life. I, 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 I would, I would still kind of expect to text somebody to tell them I was, I was coming home. So if I was going out right. myself for a few drinks, 
I would kind of think, oh, I feel like I need to do something. I, need, I feel like I need to text someone to say I'm coming home. And it, it took me a little while to kind of get over that, really. But at the same yeah. time, once I had um, once I had kind of got my own place, I really felt like I moved on. And, and it, it does make me happy to have my own place. And uh, it, it, it's just... I don't know. It's just it's just a nice feeling, a nice feeling of security and a nice feeling of independence. I think I've I've never really yeah. had it to be honest. Um, because after after living with my parents and and starting his apprenticeship, um, I actually lived with with a few lads um, in Leeds um, as part of the apprenticeship. I then moved in with my ex, where we lived together for a long time. Um, I spent a period of time living with my mother and father in law, and then. Yeah. All of a sudden, to get my own place where I didn't have to answer to anybody, I could do what I want, I can eat what I want, I can, yeah. and, and you can play me music as loud as I want. And it, yeah. and these are all great things that living by yourself does. And you see, I think that I always thought I was going to be lonely. Um, and I'm not so much lonely. I think sometimes I get a bit bored, but I don't think I'm ever lonely. Yeah. <laughs> Have you found that you've that you've made any radical changes in sort of I don't know like daft things like I know for for me when I started living on my own I, I rearranged the cupboards exactly how I wanted them rearranged and, and daft things like that. Is there anything? Oh. Is there any silly thing like that that you've that you've found? Absolutely, Dan. Um, <laughs> the, the toilet seats remain up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do love, love my food, and uh, sometimes it'll get to a certain point in the night, and I think, oh, should I really eat that? And I thought, who cares? It's just me. I'm going to do it whatever yeah, I want. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nobody there to judge you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so relationships then as well, Keith. I, I wanted to touch upon that, and we've we've kind of half touched yeah. upon this already. But but after being in a relationship for for what was it, 15, 17 years, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of getting back out there in the dating world that that must have come as a bit of a, a bit of a shock to the system well, yeah yeah it, it really was i mean uh, i mean quite thankfully I'm, i i started seeing someone quite quickly afterwards who was a friend yeah. friend of mine um and and that didn't work out which it was, it was unfortunate because she she was really canny but she just had she had too many too many issues um and okay. i wasn't in that in that place and and I've I've met some some lovely girls over the past couple of years and 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 some have been really canny and I've got to be honest some have been absolutely horrendous or some some have some have come across as being very nice and then really really cut me quite deeply to be honest um and then I've I've thankfully met someone uh, quite recently um a girl called Danielle uh, who's got a daughter called Finn um and we say we spend a lot of time together and uh, say I, I, I enjoy being with her she's she's fun that's good she's very kind to me that's good and she she yep. she looks after me and I, I i i what more could you want from somebody she's she she's yeah she's she's lovely so yeah, good, good. And internet dating, did you do you touched upon that a bit as well? But um I, I've done a bit of that. It's quite a weird old world. Yeah, yeah. I mean I ironically, I mean I, I know Danielle from the gym and uh, I think quite right. soon after being single I'd I'd half joked with her, I'd 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 swiped right on her. Uh, and to which, <laughs> to which to which her response was I want someone taller and more mature. Um so <laughs> I never thought she was interested really, but um yeah, I'd um I, I'd, I'd I'd been online. I'd been on the apps, um, and like I said, I, I'd 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 met some people from it, and um, 
it's, it's had some canny times, really. It's been been some nice dates. I've been to some horrendous dates. Um, one yeah. one last kind of cancelled halfway through and kind of walked out, which was uh, not great. Um, <laughs> um, I was glad glad to come off it. I, I think yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I, I said before it when you get when you get matches, it's great. But if you don't get matches yeah. for a couple of days, then you feel horrendous. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so moving on to a few things, Keith, that uh, that you listed down that that make you happy, and I, I did note that quite a lot of these involved skiing in some <laughs> way, shape, or form. Um, that's obviously quite a passion of yours, skiing. It is absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm feeling uh, very very upset about this year <laughs> not being able to get away, but um, but yeah, I, I just have me have me happiest times there, and. Um, Growing up, I, I always wanted to be a ski instructor, and I've I've kind of I've kind yeah. of grown out of that a little bit now because I, I really couldn't be bothered teaching people how to ski. But um, you're too good at building physics, Keith. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Um, but um, it's certainly it's certainly my escape. It's certainly where I feel the happiest. And Dan, I, I love Austria. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have a relative who's got a place out there, and. and and I just, I just have the best time going there. And I feel like I'm starting to learn lo- the local culture a lot more. I'm, I'm trying to pick up and suddenly German, although I'm not very good. I can, I can just about order, order six drinks for the lads. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I would recommend going there because it's, it's not just about the skiing. There's just so much else going on. Um, and yeah. the, the, the towns are, are beautiful and, um, I, I love it summer and winter. Um, I just think it's a, a fantastic place. Um, mm. I, I've just had some really, really good times there, and um, and I hope to get back out as soon as possible. Really, um, some of the other things that make you happy. I mean, again, they, they were nearly all they nearly all involved skiing, being outdoors. That that's that's a that's skiing related, if you ask me. Um, Sleep and naps. I was interested in this, Keith. That, that's not something that you do during work time, is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a fan of, of naps and sleep, Dan. I mean, I, I, I always say that, um, and I, I need to get my sleep on a night. And then the the last the last thing that makes you happy that I wanted to talk about because it, it made me chuckle a little bit. You said music, but I'm not a music snob. Oh, I know. Um, I mean, uh, I obviously uh, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and people say. Uh, about what bands they're into and what kind of person they are, and that's not me. I mean, I've got quite an eclectic taste. I mean, looking looking through my list, I mean, it might range from like Ice Cube to oh, Ice Cube, Doctor Dre, and then it might be Oasis, then it might be Motley Crue, and then it might be some kind of dance electro beat, or it might be some kind of disco hit. Um, or, yeah. or, or even worse than that, it might be some of my Austrian ski music, which I am quite part of. Oh, to. Um, Austrian ski oh, music. What, what does that? What's that like? Well, that's a new one on me. Oh, Danny, it's horrendous. It's horrendous, but I love it. <laughs> it I, I, well, what? What? <laughs> so, is it? Is it like traditional Austrian music, or are we talking dance music? Or yeah, it's 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 basically it's like it's dance music. So I mean, the, the quite famous right. one that's always played every year. That I'm, this is when I know I'm in Austria at skiing. It's uh, it's Sweet Caroline by DJ Otzi. Right, okay. Uh, I know Sweet Caroline, but I don't know the DJ Otzi version. Oh, it's just the um, same version, but it's just more horrendous. Right, okay. <laughs> 
Well, moving on from music, I don't want to. I don't want to fall out with you whether you're a music snob or not. But um, I wanted to touch upon probably just one of your idols. You, you did have. You did have another two. You had Alan Shearer and your granddad. And and um, but the one that I really wanted to touch upon was the Ninja Turtles, Keith. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you did ask me who my who my idols were growing up, and I, I think it, yep. it, it purely was the Ninja Turtles. How could you not like the Ninja Turtles? Um, well, it was just a, a, a cultural thing at the time. It was so huge. I remember everybody wanted all the toys. I remember, I remember queuing with my granddad in in Toys R Us, um, round the corner to get to get the figures. Um, I remember being devastated when my mum sold them all as well. But um, I mean, there's, right. there's photographs of me in the garden. My my mum was a textiles teacher, and she would make um, the like the eye masks. Um, oh wow! You would take them for the street and sell them all, all to the kids for fifty p. But um, I think it's kind of led me just to kind of have a, a big, uh, a big pop pop culture following, really. And I am a I am a bit of a geek, um, yeah. and I, I still I still quite quite like I watch more of the kind of the adult cartoons like your South Parks and your Family Guys and and and, yeah. and things like that. And I, I I don't kind of tell people about that really, but I, I do quite like it. It just it just tickles me. It's it's you've told them now. Oh well, it's fine. It, that's the point. <laughs> it's it, for me. It's it's half an hour of mindless mindless comedy, really. And and a favorite Ninja Turtle. Oh well, do you know what? Um, as a kid, it was Michelangelo, and I look back now and go, "Why on earth did you like Michelangelo? Should should have clearly been Raphael." Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to delve any further on that because I'm already out of my depth. But um, <laughs> but that was good. so um. One of the other questions that I asked you was uh, sort of who do you aspire to, and the answer was was nobody. But you do think about what your mum and dad would think, and I kind of I kind of liked that answer. It's kind of a it's kind of a nice answer. Do you want to just sort of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't really idolise anyone. I think it's to say it's it's more about being happy with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But it, obviously, mum and dad have brought me up to to think like that really, and and just to be happy um, and. Yeah. But at the same time, I would hate to do anything that would upset them or embarrass them. <laughs> okay. So um, I want to move on to um, a few quick fire questions, Keith, before we get to the get to the final questions. So uh, you don't need to give these a lot of thought. These are really just um, really just sort of um, quick fire. So um, favorite room in the house? Uh, kitchen. Kitchen. Okay. Any particular reason? Uh, it's the where the parties I was at. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a favourite cheese? Uh, I would say it's going to be brie, closely closely followed by Wensleydale. Ah, you see, yeah, that's my Wensleydale's my favourite, but brie's brie's a good cheese as well. Brie's a good cheese as well. Favourite film? Ah, oh, do you know what? Um, I, I love Terminator Two. I just think it's, Terminator it's a classic, classic action film. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and final uh, quick fire question: potato crisps or corn snacks? Oh, Dan. Uh, um, I, I'm going to say corn snacks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one all the way, Keith. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a really good answer, Keith. Well done. You 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 passed you passed the quick fire questions. So, final question of the night, Keith. Um, you are suddenly put in charge of the world as a kind of world emperor. What would be the first policy that you would enact? Uh, 
Well, I, I think global warming and climate change is the biggest challenge that we face. And I think addressing that would have to be the the primary goal, really. Um, I think that actually helps solve a lot of the world's other problems. I, I did um, listen to a, another podcast where they were talking about um, improving the education of the world um, and um, how, how significant effect that's going to have in improving people's lives in, in poorer countries um, with education. Mm-hmm. So, so that girls aren't forced into marriages and forced to have children at a young age. Um, and, and equal rights is, is such a big thing. So, yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's it's got to be about uh, global warming and, and, and really coming together as a world. The whole pandemic has really aligned the world and what can be achieved in terms of looking for vaccinations. And I think if we start working together more as a, as a, as a globe, then maybe we, maybe we have got a chance. Keith, that is an absolutely beautiful way to end the podcast. Um, and I just want to say a massive thank you. I'll be honest with you, Keith, I was more nervous about interviewing you than I've been anybody else, but it's been absolutely brilliant. I've really loved it, Keith. So thank you very much indeed. Well, thank you, Danny. It's great to have the opportunity. I'd say I'm a big fan of podcasts. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Keith. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for listening to Pods People. I was your host, Danny Strickland. A big thank you to today's guest. I'd also like to give a big thank you to you, the listeners. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and tell your friends about us. If you're a listener and you're interested in appearing on an episode, then please get in touch. The details are on the website at podspeople.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at podspeople. Podspeople is written, recorded and edited by me, Danny Strickland. The music is also by me. I'd like to give a special thanks to my partner, Sarah Cowell, for her encouragement, editorial input and putting up with me every day. Pods People is lovingly produced in beautiful downtown Headingley, Leeds. <laughs>